1: PlushCare.com slash weight loss.
0: Welcome to the Capital Club Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Excelsior Capital, an investment platform focused on democratizing private equity by providing individuals access to direct opportunities. To learn more about the firm in the Capital Club community, Visit our website at www.excelsiorgp.com and connect with Brian on LinkedIn.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Capital Club Podcast. I'm here with Barbara Friedberg. And we're going to go with Barb, I think, for the conversation. You said it was up to me. so Sure. Barb, thanks for joining us today.
3: You're welcome. I'm happy to be here to talk robo-advisors.
1: Perfect. So as a quick background, Barbara Friedberg is a former portfolio manager and university investments and finance instructor. Her work has been featured on US News and World Report, Yahoo Finance, Investors.com, and more. She's a current owner of a financial media firm, and she owns RoboAdvisorPros.com, which is a non-biased, comprehensive, and trusted resource for all of the latest robo and technology-enhanced investing Platform. So let's start there. This, As I was doing the homework for this conversation, robo-advisor is a term that people use as an umbrella term, but there's there's a lot of specificity in subsectors. So definitions are important, I think, for this conversation. Could you just start with kind of what you define the term robo-advisor to be?
3: Great question. And before I delve in, I'm going to ask you a question to okay. help inform my answer. Before we started chatting a couple of months ago, had you heard of robo-advisors? And if so, in what way?
1: I was dangerously familiar with the concept. I knew of some fintech firms like Betterment and Wealthfront that were in the, the market. And I knew that they were leveraging AI and machine learning to help with asset allocation. I'd always envisioned it as a hybrid, right? So like a back office type of leverage that the human advisors were using. That was what I thought the concept was originally.
3: Well, you were pretty much partway there. So very good. Because when I delve into this topic, I've been an expert. I've been researching it, studying it, writing about it since 2016 or 17. And I frequently make the assumption that everyone knows what it is. So if you've got some assets or you want to start investing and you are not a professional or you don't know a lot about investing and you want some help, a robo-advisor was designed initially as a low-cost way to manage your money, plain and simple. But it has evolved tremendously into what we call hybrid models which are robo-advisors that give you access also to financial advisors. There are a whole range of minimum investment amounts you need. One of my favorite robo-advisors, Elm Partners, is for high net worth individuals, and I believe requires 250000 Then we go down to M1 Finance, to Betterment, which requires zero to invest. I have an account with Schwab in their robo advisor requires only 5000.
1: So uh, I guess there's you're there's, thinking. You will I'm trying to think where to go next. So there's huge variability here but Yes. There are certain firms where there is no human connection directly yes, correct? Yes, okay. Yes, so there yes. are like fully I don't know what the term is but fully automated digital
3: yeah fully digital digital.
1: no human participation no human connection correct yes yes
3: and so they come in a variety of camps from all digital where you don't talk to a human I mean sure if you have a question you can't use the platform you can't log in or that sort of thing yeah you can talk to somebody but they're not going to give you any advice and Wealthfront comes to mind because I happen to really like Wealthfront. It is one of the earliest robo-advisors that was launched around 2010, and they are an all-digital platform. Their headquarters are located here in the Bay Area. And what they do is they ask you a few questions about your goals, your financial situation, your time horizon, what you want to use the money for, and then they will give you an asset allocation of diversified exchange-traded funds based on your questions. And typically, the driving force or differentiation is risk tolerance and age. So if you're, you know, 50 and you don't want a lot of risk, you're going to have more fixed assets. If you're younger, you can handle risk, then you're going to have a greater allocation to stocks. So that's an example of an all-digital platform. One thing I love about Wealthfront, and this is not the case at all of the all-digital platforms, they have a digital financial planner called PATH that is designed to answer up to 10,000 financial planning questions. I really think of it as akin to a human financial planner. So they're all digital, then there are the hybrid models. And then as you mentioned, Brian, there are also those robo-advisors that work in the back end and are used by your regular traditional financial advisors. And they hire a back-end robo-advisor to do the asset allocation and rebalancing and portfolio management.
1: So the what I was tracking really with, with Wealthfront was the UBS transaction
3: yeah which they were. which
1: fell through but but just the when we don't, you don't need to get into the specifics on why the deal blew up but if a large bulls bracket international bank which is famous and leads with its wealth management functionality is in the market to purchase this as, as a strategic transaction clearly it's a it's a large and growing ecosystem have you seen it change since you've been tracking it i mean when did this actually start like when did the term robo robo advisor Come into the parlance 10 years ago, 20 years ago?
3: About 12 years ago. The first okay. platforms launched were Wealthfront, Betterment, and Personal Capital, and GemStep, which was acquired quite a while ago and is now, I can't remember who acquired it, but now they're used more as kind of a back end service. But yeah, the industry is growing. And is a participant in what I'm sure you're well aware of is the decline in fees. And so investors are getting really savvy. They don't want to pay a 1% or 1.25% for money management because they understand that every dollar that's going into management is not going into the markets. So robot advisors have capitalized on offering investment management that is by and large lower fee. And why is this? You know, what's the state of the industry? It is hugely competitive. More players are coming in, others are dropping out. And it's really a good deal for investors to have this kind of choice because I will say, as a high net worth investor myself, and I have a robo advisor account, I've put my daughter and son in law in a robo advisor account. I believe the value you get for your investment management dollar is really, really good. The portfolios are well-designed. They're based on modern portfolio theory. And there are many customization options available within the robo-advisory field. For example, Wealthfront has deviated a lot over time. And now they offer more than a hundred ETFs that you can add in to your already created portfolio, or you can actually create a new one with the ETFs that you like and have wealth from management. And this is all for 25 basis points or 0.25% of your investment amount.
1: When I was thinking about this conversation it did strike me that this advent of technologies is incredible resource for people that otherwise wouldn't qualify for a traditional financial advisor relationship due to minimums or just frankly, connectivity and access, access, right? I mean, if you're in a certain strata of the socioeconomic world, or if you're located somewhere geographically, you may just not have robust financial advisory services available to you. And this technology I assume has really been a game breaker for that population yes, of folks. Yes. Right?
3: I am so glad you brought that up. And I really need you to direct my conversations because I'm going to admit this to everyone. I love robo advisors. I know so much about them that I could bore you to tears with this topic. So please keep me on focus. Yes, a traditional, most. Traditional financial advisors, you know, you need at least $250,000 to get started. And a robo advisor, like I said, we've got robo advisors with $0 minimum, $100 minimum, better, uh, Wealthfront, I think charges 100 to get in the door, $500 minimum, $5,000, $25,000 for Vanguard if you want the advisory option there for their robo-advisor, and that happens to actually be the biggest one, select portfolios at, at Vanguard with the hybrid model. So it is a game changer if you want investment management. You don't know where to begin. You don't want to get stuck. I remember a recent guest of yours was talking about the biggest problems with financial advisors. And she said, they get set up in these asset allocations that make no sense. You're pretty much... I won't say guaranteed because we never say guaranteed, but you've got a good chance of getting a decent, well-diversified portfolio with a robo-advisor, even if you have a small amount of money you want to deploy.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the fees alone are ultra-compelling, right? 25 basis points versus a standard 100 to 200 basis points over a 25 or 50-year time horizon for holding. The fee drag is real. And so that's an incredible one. And then also, frankly, just the idea that, and this kind of dovetails into a conversation on the regulatory environment, this robo-advisor theoretically doesn't have any other incentives to sell you, to upsell you or to cross-sell you necessarily in different product offerings or types, correct?
3: That's a good point because there are several fee-free robo-advisors. So with those robo-advisors, like M1 Finance, SoFi Automated Investor. And I have a whole list of them on my website, which I'm sure you'll give a shout out to. It's called robo Advisor Pros. I've got lists of fee-free, low minimum robo-advisors for high net worth. But those where you're paying a fee, you're less likely to be upsell, upsold. Now, the ones that don't charge you a fee, well, yeah, they'll try and get you into other products, which, you know, look, we all got to make a living. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to take offense at that. For example, I have one of my retirement accounts at the Schwab Intelligent Portfolios, and they have two offers. One offers comes with a, a financial advisor, and that has an awesome fee of just subscription model of $30 a month with a $300 startup fee, regardless of how much they manage. And I mean, that is amazing. Okay. And that's their hybrid model. I'm in their all digital model, which is fee free, but here's where they get you. That model requires that you hold roughly 8% of your portfolio in cash. And of course, what does that mean? Well, they get paid because they're going to use that cash to lend out to other people and make money on that. They also make money because many of their ETFs within their robo-advisor portfolio are Schwab products. So it's really important. Understand what you're paying for. Nothing is free.
1: And I think as a millennial, given that it appears like every 10 years, Wall Street needs a bailout we're getting smarter about asking these hard questions about incentives and fees and conflicts. And so I think this is part of that natural progression and product. It is a compelling offering to the client for sure. I think that goes without saying the question for you, because you are so deep into this world, given that fee compression, right? I mean, you're saying somebody's offer a zero fee is the profitability of the space possible You are asking
3: such good questions. I'm so impressed, Brian. Well, that's the problem because you're seeing so many mergers. I cover the mergers. I cover the, the closures. I'm right on top of the trends. And the client acquisition cost is very, very high. It is very difficult to be profitable. Yes, that is a big problem. Personal capital was taken over by Empower. Well Simple, which is a Canadian-based robo advisor, sold their US customers to betterment. So yeah, that's a big issue for the companies. It's,
1: yeah, it's great
3: for it's great for us, the consumers, though, right?
1: It's great for us as the consumer unless the business model blows up and then the product offering and the service goes away. And then that's problematic. I was doing a little bit of homework and Morningstar said that. These shops need to have anywhere from 15 to 40 billion in AUM to make a profit. So I assume, like you mentioned, the cost of customer exhibition, but just the competition amongst the different offerings must just be ferocious, right?
3: It is ferocious. And actually, I just put out my updated RoboAdvisor assets under management. And again, you guys can find that on RoboAdvisor pros And you'll see that the biggest players, which are topped by number one, Vanguard, and number two, Schwab, who are, as we all know, big financial brokerage firms, have a ton of clientele and they have an easy base to draw from. For the rest of the guys whose names we haven't never heard of before, it's a much tougher road. And the problem is too many of people who are signing up are smaller investors. And so to get a break-even AUM level is very difficult. And yes, the competition is very tough. And does that mean you shouldn't go with a smaller robo-advisor? You know, they've got insurance. I haven't heard of anyone losing their savings when a robo-advisor closed.
1: So I'm
3: not aware of that. Are you, Brian? No.
1: Well, and that was a, a parallel or a dynamic I was going to draw upon is because this is a highly regulated space, it is different than, say, crypto, where these things go to zero or they're bad actors. I mean, these are all domestic regulated firms based in the U.S., so I I don't think there's the I mean they're FDIC insured, et cetera. And so I I'm not gonna make any statements. I'm gonna not go over my, over my skis and say that it's gonna be fine. But when you've got Vanguard and these other big players in the space, I think you're you're fairly safe. But have you seen the regulatory environment change recently? Yes. I mean, are they yes I mean are they are they strictly under a fiduciary responsibility? Yes. They and are? the okay.
3: SEC is diving in. There was a big SEC ruling last year that really called on the carpet the majority of robo-advisors, and they are currently scrambling with their disclosures to be much more transparent. And so the robo-advisors that I write about, many of them are coming to me and saying, you have to include this disclosure, you have to do this disclosure, you cannot say this, you cannot say that. And I love it because there's so many shysters out there. And there's so many bad actors in the investment environment that I like that the SEC has got its eye on this industry. And there have been fines galore across many different companies. So you can feel comfortable. Look, you never say never. We know that. Nobody knows the future but you can feel comfortable investing with a robo-advisor that you're getting as much protection as you would with most other brokerage companies or with your bank.
0: Want to learn more about investing in alternatives? Take the next step by joining the Capital Club, an affinity peer-to-peer network of industry professionals organized by Excelsior Capital. You'll gain access to exclusive alternative investment opportunities premium content and education, private events, and more. Visit excelsiorgp.com slash Capital Club Podcast for more information and to sign up today.
1: So this show is oriented towards high net worth individuals and and families and financial and professional services folks that work in that world. You know, if if access is not your challenge, but you're curious about this space, do you have any advice for how they... how clients can leverage this technology or leverage these resources to help get better returns and or drive down fees.
3: When you like, say leverage them, like are there, are there,
1: are there specific firms that cater towards the high net worth oh, yeah. population? Okay. Oh, and, yeah. Absolutely. And how do they differentiate themselves from just asset allocation back of the house or that kind of thing?
3: Well, I'm going to put at the top of the list, and this is also, I believe, I know among the top five largest AUM robo-advisors is personal capital. And you've probably seen them and they do a ton of marketing and they have a fabulous lead funnel where they charge you nothing to access a slate of amazing tools, that are investment and money management tools. Anyone can access those tools and they get you in, sign up, link your accounts, no obligation, but you will field a call from one of their representatives. And this is how they get their clients to try and upsell upsell you their robo paid robo advisory product. And that product, you need $100,000 to cross the door. And then depending on the assets under management, you have access to a tiered set of opportunities. But the basic is everybody gets a certified financial planner, unlimited visits. And then the more wealthier you are, you can have private equity. You have tax specialists. You have a state planning specialist. And so they are the closest thing, I would say, to a standalone traditional financial advisor. And they don't even call themselves a robo-advisor. They call themselves an automated investment platform. I have a really good review on, the, on my website and an also good nod to them with the robo-advisors for wealthy investors. So they lead the list. I would say of robo advisors for wealthy investors. Another one that's really, really good is Elevest. Have you heard of Elevest, Brian? Brian? Yeah,
1: I have. I have.
3: Okay. Well, it was started by Sally Krawcheck and she's an ex Wall Street person. And it's designed for women, but it's fine for anyone. And they have a very, another subscription based pricing model that I'm very, very fond of because. I'm not crazy about paying more for something than you need to. And also at higher levels, they have the private wealth management with similar type of access to the top-notch estate and tax planning insurance people that can integrate your entire account. So yes, the robo-advisors for wealthier investors will give you a different class of services that are more appropriate for wealthy investors albeit at lower fees. And again, I know you'll put a, a link to this article where I call out a list of six of my favorite rebel advisors that are geared towards the wealthier individual.
1: So important to also note that these offerings, these services, they're only as good as the data that they're receiving on the input side, correct?
3: Oh, you are so sharp. Absolutely. And that's why you got to think about backtesting, don't you?
1: Mm -hmm. Talk more about that.
3: Okay. So a model is created. And without getting too technical, 99% of robo-advisors are based on Harry Markowitz's modern portfolio theory, which was designed in the 1950s to create an investment portfolio that would give you the greatest returns for a specific risk level that you deemed so and the the idea is this is your most efficient portfolio where you can get the greatest returns with the least amount of risk for you and this model is based on the only thing we have historical data So the model will look back a certain period of time, usually many decades, to get average performance data, be those return standard deviation for each asset class. And then statistically apportion them to give you the greatest portfolio that offers the greatest return for the least amount of risk. And another differentiating factor between these robo-advisors is that they will use different asset classes. Vanguard's digital investment portfolio uses four ETFs, a US and international stock ETF and a US and international bond ETF. Contrast that with Schwab's, which like I said, I have an accountant. They've got the portfolio much more granular with up to like 18 different asset classes. But back to your question, Brian, these are all based on historical asset data. And we don't know if the the asset classes are going to perform tomorrow the way they performed last year. So that's a risk with any, and that's that comes from investing in anything and making any sort of projections. So you can't really do away with that.
1: Right. And the robo-advisor are going to base the assumptions on how truthful you are on the input. So- you have to be honest in order to get good performance because if you don't tell them that you have a massive concentration within a certain position or you don't feel comfortable with a certain risk profile, it's like anything, right? It's only as good as the information that's coming in, which I'm sure, you know, is that's a challenge for traditional financial advisors too, where clients aren't always as forthright and honest with their <laughs> positioning, as they like to think.
3: Well, and many investors, we have seen up until 2022, we have seen really since I think 2009. So what is that? Like 13 years of the stock market and the bond market virtually going up. And so there is a whole class of advisors that thought I can handle risk. What's the worry? I'm averaging 10 plus percent return on my stock portfolio and I don't need any bonds. And 2022 was a wake-up call. And so, yeah, everyone, even if you're investing in a robo-advisor, you need a bare bones amount of understanding of how investment markets perform. And you need a bare bones understanding of risk and your own risk tolerance. Although this year has given you a good idea of how much risk you can tolerate. I mean, I'll give you a, I'll give you a story about my, 20, my 33-year-old daughter who calls me up and she says, my Fidelity 401k, they're giving me messages that my asset allocation isn't set up right. Should I change it? What should I do? And my daughter is very fortunate and very smart in that all of her assets are not in her Fidelity 401k. She's got other assets outside of that. And she's got an asset allocation that is in line with her risk tolerance while considering all of her assets. So, a robo advisor doesn't know that you have other accounts and they don't base their decisions. So, that's where you have to come in and say, for this robo advisor, you need to be able to determine, or if you choose a robo-advisor with a human advisor, they'll help you integrate external accounts to create a viable asset allocation for all your assets. And that's a really important thing for anyone who has any amount of wealth to do, is to look at you, and if you're married, you and your partner's, Overall financial situation to make sure it's allocated in a way that is right for you.
1: So, as we wrap this conversation up, is there new developments within the space? Is there exciting technology? Are the machines getting smarter, better, faster? I mean, what do you see on the horizon that gets you excited?
3: I think one of the things is they are all ramping up their overall features. So personal capital, betterment, wealth front, and of course, many of the Robo advisors now, M1 Finance, now offer high-yield cash accounts. And these they want to be a bank for you. And I'm not saying they could or they couldn't, but these accounts are paying nearly, many of them nearly three percent on your cash. So that's a really good benefit. So they can be your robo-advisor, manage your investments. They can be your cash manager as well and get you a high yield on your emergency cash that we all know we need to keep X amount of dollars aside in cash for that stuff like the washing machine and the vacation and that kind of stuff. So that's one advantage. Many of them are offering more customization options in order to compete better. And then a lot of them will all like, like some of the robos are are giving you margin lending if you want to borrow against your assets. So they're just coming out with more and more features that will make you more dedicated to the platform.
1: It's an interesting space. Like I said, I didn't know a whole lot about it before I, I prepped for the conversation. And it's obviously with technology, there's a lot of advancements. And I think the conclusion I've drawn is it's not good or bad. It just, has to be used in in an effective manner, and it depends on who you are and what your situation is. But anything that gives people better access and better education, I think, is a positive. Is how I look at the space.
3: Absolutely, and I think you gave my wrap up. Really, you gave my wrap up <laughs> okay. on uh, Robo Advisor Pros. We have a quiz you can take. It's got like six questions, and it'll give you a starting point. And we also have robo-advisors for wealthy investors. We have robo-advisor hybrids with financial advisors. So we have a lot of handy lists that can get you started. If you think this is a technology and an investment management service you'd like to check out.
1: Terrific. Well, Barb, I want to thank you for joining us today. It's an interesting conversation and the space that I need to get smarter on. So I appreciate you coming on. I hope our listeners enjoyed us. Please leave us a review on what part of the conversation was the best. A question I ask folks on, on the show, you know, given that you're in this financial advisory world, there's a lot happening there. Is there anything that you do on a daily basis that helps bring you peace to your life?
3: Oh, I love this question. Yeah, this is perfect for me because I'm usually a bundle of nerves. So I think if you are one of the people that looks as money is the solution for everything, I can tell you money is not the solution for everything. It is a tool to help you reach financial goals. And steps toward wealth are important because wealth can give you a certain amount of financial security, but it won't solve your problems. So if I can say anything, it is on a daily basis, you want to strive for balance. So you want to make sure to focus on every part of your life, not only making money, not only managing your money, but really look at your life in a holistic way and realize that any mistake you make will just make you smarter and better if you learn from it.
1: Always interesting answers. Thank you for that, Barb. If people are interested in learning more about the work you're doing, the content you're creating, if you could call out the website again and then the best way for folks to connect with you.
3: Okay. I would love to have you come visit me on Robo Advisor Pros. I also have a YouTube channel. Barbara Friedberg is my name. And I do a lot of reviews on there as well as some other interesting content. So love, love, love emails. Sign up for my newsletter. I I don't put out a lot of content two newsletters a month, and you can subscribe if it's not for you. But I like to provide value. I've been in this field for decades, and I know how investing can help improve your life if done well. And I am here to respond to questions. And thank you so much, Brian, for having me on. Your questions were amazing. I love talking with you.
1: Barb, thanks so much for joining us. Good luck moving forward. And I look forward to staying in touch.
0: Thank you for joining us for today's episode of The Capital Club. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please like, rate, or leave us a review. And stay tuned for our next episode coming soon.